irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the show. Today is Monday, August 17th. Another hot, scorching day in L.A. Hi, Jen. Hi, Sam. Did you weather the uh, weekend somehow? Did you get through it okay? Yes, With I got through it. With the heat and everything? I got through it okay. Okay, you didn't melt or anything? No. Okay, I was, I was close beach, to melting. I was at the beach in the pool, so... Really? Yeah. It wasn't that bad in the beach, right? The, no, it was the really heat. nice. Yeah. Because I drove down to Santa Monica yesterday, or was it the day before... And uh, it was so cool as, as opposed to here, like 20 degrees lower or yeah. something, you know. But what I couldn't believe is Saturday night, I think, the temperature was like 95 degrees at 8 o'clock at night. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. notice that. I was uh, yeah. I was at a party in Hollywood, a birthday party. So Yeah. You see, you don't live in the valley. The valley no. is where the heat is happening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, what are you going to do, you know? So ask me if I went horseback riding. Did you go horseback riding? I did go, but I never rode. Why? Okay. Uh, well, you know how hard it was, right? So I was scheduled. At first, they wanted me to come at 3. I said, you guys got to be out of your mind. So I thought 10.30 would be better. So uh, as I, you know, I got up um, earlier on Saturday than I usually do. And already I felt the heat. And I thought, you know, there's no way that I'm going to be able to ride like this. But I thought I'm going to go anyway, just to see what it's about and all that stuff. And maybe they have some covered thing. I don't know, whatever. So I went down there, and it's pretty cool. There's, like, all kinds of, like, places to ride horses and uh, several stables and stuff. But uh, it was just too hot, Jen. Even in the shade, it was hot. So in the sun, I told her, I said, there's no way I can ride for an hour here, you know. Yeah. She said, I totally understand. She rescheduled me and everything, so I'm going to actually go at night, like 7.30 in the evening. Nice. Yeah, so I'll go. But, I mean, I, I really felt like sort of like a connection to that place, you know, because, well, I rode when I was very young. So uh, suddenly, you know, the smell and, and the sight of horses and everything uh, was pretty unique, you know. It kind of captured me. So so I did not ride, but I made the effort. Just, so. You did. You did. What is the place called? <laughs> I made the time. Uh, it's called 3D Farms, I guess. And it's at a place, there's an equestrian center out in Silmar. And um, there's a lot happening there, I guess, as far as horses, a lot of stables. So, yeah, but I'll report to you on Thursday how the ride was. Because you're going Wednesday night? I'm going Wednesday night, Got so it. it should work. So how did your weekend go? It went well. Yeah? You were busy? Always. Always busy. I saw a friend from out of town. That's cool. On Friday. Is um, that from your hometown? or uh, No, from no. New York. From New York, okay. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Malibu on Saturday, and I was there all day. Wow. And then on Saturday night, I went to a friend's birthday. Mm. It was like a roller skating theme party, and it was very strange. Yeah, huh? so you had to be at a roller uh, roller skating rink. Yeah, it was like a makeshift roller skating rink in Hollywood, and okay. everyone was dre- the, there was the theme of being animals, so everyone was dressed as an animal or yeah. like a version of that. Uh-huh. It was it felt like 
what Burning Man must look like. <laughs> in what way? Because of the costumes and like how weird it was. Really? It was just so Did strange. you wear a costume too? You yeah, had to. I did. Um, and so that was weird. Then I left and went and met up with other friends. And then yesterday I was at the pool all day working with Lauren on some things that we have to prepare for. And then I had dinner at a friend's house. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So one day you'll write a book about all your adventures. I don't know. Oh, we said not a book, but maybe a reality show, right? Probably a reality show. I don't know if I'm going to write a book about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Um, I, uh, well, in a couple of minutes, uh, we have a special guest in the studio waiting, and we're going to get to her in a couple of minutes. And it should be a fun show, actually, you know, about uh, relevant things. Yes. So I always like when we talk about relevant things. Uh, I wanted to ask you this. Am I being too sensitive? I posted, you know, it's like usually when you quote someone or you use someone else's work or words or something, you attribute them to that person, right? I mean, at least I think that's the ethical thing to do. And in academia, it's, it's a must when you cite someone. Now, so on Facebook, you can share things and stuff, but you can see where it came from, where it originally came from. But I'm like going through the uh, my my uh, my stream there, and I'm seeing that, and I'm reading a, a post that I wrote, but it's under somebody else's name, and then he kind of changed changed it around and stuff. But to me, it bothered me because I thought he's passing this off as his own idea. And that kind of bothered me. So, uh, but that's Facebook, you know. I mean, what are you going to do? You can't control what people do. But I mean, do you think I'm wrong feeling that way, or what? I mean, I feel ripped off, you know. What do you think? <laughs> Is it that a big deal? <laughs> I think if you start a sentence with "Am I being too sensitive?" you probably are. But um, isn't there a saying that like flat, like I don't know? Yeah, that. that yeah, that. Um, uh, Imitation is the... Uh, right. Yeah. Is the sign of flattery or, right. or is the best... Fla- whatever the saying is. You know right, exactly. But so, I mean, if he shares your what you said, like if he shared your post, how did he alter what was already written? But, no, he copied and pasted it. Oh, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't a share. That's what I'm saying. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, and what was the content of which Well, he- it was about Donald Trump and stuff. You know. So he rephrased your opinion. He, he took yeah the whole the whole uh, post yeah and then he um, and then he uh, added his own stuff and but good because well, he gets some terrible remarks. Here's now. the thing: so yeah. we report the news, you know, most right. mornings. Right. We don't say I read this on wherever I read it on. Right. And That's we just true. we we regurgitate the facts and add our opinion. Right, but I th- but maybe he sees you as a news source and or you know a, a opinion based columnist, let's right. say or whatever. Okay. So <laughs> I buy that, you know, I'll buy that. But the thing is, no, we don't cite where we get our information. But I think it's implied that you know, obviously, we get the information somewhere. You know, the thing is, is that mine was sort of like something you only find out on your own. Well, I've been reading a book. You know, that's the whole point. And uh, Donald Trump's book from two, 2011, and a couple of things strike me. So uh, people were interested in finding out about that, you know. So uh, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, this guy's like, 
he's coming off his debt. That was his idea. But yeah, I'm I'm overly sensitive about these things. Why and don't maybe, you comment under and be like, I'm so glad you agree with me, and your opinions are really cool too. Right. Maybe I will. Okay. And then that's that. Yeah. Well, it's a Facebook friend, you know. But uh, but we have a guest here. But we're gonna be an hour, one hour. Okay, so I'll call you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse the interruption, but um, yeah, our engineer is not here this morning till later, so uh, we have to take care of the guest, that, the unexpected guest that come in here. <laughs> I knew he was going to stand here and wait for us, so I uh, just had to tell him. Yeah. You know? Oh, wow, that's funny stuff. So, no, I mean, I'm just sensitive, Jen, because uh, people do steal a lot of the stuff that I do, like especially with the website and the station we have and everything. And the best way to find out if someone's stealing from you is just take a little copy from, copy some text from your website right. and search it on Google. And I can't tell you how many people steal our stuff and then they they change it change it a little bit. Yeah. But some people don't even bother changing it or the formatting or anything. They just copy paste the whole. I thing. mean, though, in a world where like there's like a million things out there, there's gonna be that all the time. Yeah. Where people copy you. Right. I mean, yeah. that's like also how people say about like apps. Like, I have to create mine first because there's going to be somebody else that creates it. But then again, there was like MySpace and Facebook. Facebook right. won. Right. But the thing is, they didn't steal from each other. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they were both original, I think. You know, and that's the thing. If you're original, that's one thing. Look, people think about same ideas all the time. Yeah. But what I'm saying is people like lift off the whole stealing, thing. actual stealing, like the... Yeah. You know, and and you go, well, obviously they're not original. They can't come up with anything. So it is flattering on one side. Yeah. But on the other end, it, yeah, it rubs me the wrong way when people steal from me. Because it's still, I mean, it's it's intellectual ideas, you know. But, yeah, with the Internet, nobody owns anything. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Now, if somebody were to redo the same radio show and say the same exact things that we're saying, <laughs> that would be kind of weird. If it's word for word, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. But then again, that would be kind of cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> then we have really big fans. So, right. Hey. You see, like, for example, somebody, uh, one of the hosts noticed that somebody took all of our videos from YouTube and uploaded them as its own uh, or his own. But he didn't change anything. You know, it's all the same. So it's like, why would you even do that? I don't know. People do very dumb things. They do dumb things. I don't understand. I mean, our logo stayed on. Everything stayed on. It was just uploaded by someone else who was getting no views at all. So I I don't get the point. I don't get that either. Yeah. I, I have a question. Yes. I have an opinion for you. I mean, a, a okay. question for you because you are a guy. So I've been telling you that I've been doing all this dating and, you know, really using the apps and stuff. Right. So now I've come across some people over the course of this, I guess, new experiment I'm doing that I clearly do not want to see anymore. Mm. So how, how do I tell them? That I don't want to see them anymore. What's the nice uh, way of saying, I don't want to go out with you again? Okay, so let me ask or you Or let's this. just be friends. The first thing I'd like to know is how long have you known them? Have you gone on dates with them at all? Like one. One date. One date yeah. with these people. Okay. Uh, you went on one date. That's after chatting for a while and text, phone, yeah. anything like that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you went out. Did it, did it seem like you guys were having fun? 
Yeah, and I mean, I can have fun with someone. It just doesn't mean that I want them to right, be my boyfriend. Right, exactly. So what I would do is, uh, first of all, don't text, you know, um, and just see if it... See, well, the thing is, if he wants it bad enough, he's going to keep pursuing you. But uh, So I'm not saying to ignore him all the time, but don't initiate anything. No, I don't. At this point. Yeah, I don't. At this point. And... Uh, how do you let them down? Look, the thing is, uh, there are so many different ways, but I think the simplest way is to be honest. Just say, uh, look, I didn't feel there was, there was chemistry, and uh, uh, or I was looking for something different or expected something different. And, uh, you know, and the usual thing, you're, you're a real nice guy and everything, but I, I decided to move on. So when you make it that way, it's sort of like, uh, well, am I going to be able to change your mind or not? But you're already saying I decided. So I think that would make it kind of final. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just, yeah, just be pleasant about it. But definitely don't initiate anything because... I never do. Yeah. (laughs) Just let it die if it will. But it probably won't, you know. Because, I mean, if if I know guys, he probably thought it was a great date, even if you didn't think so. Yeah. So, I don't know. It seems like always the women find the problems with relationships. Well, you can have a great date. It doesn't mean that that person is what you want. Right. Well, I had that thing last night, actually. What? A date. And I'm trying to find out. Well, I'm not getting into details now. But uh, Where did you find this person? I'm not telling. Okay. Online. Okay. So, why did you bring it up just now? (laughs) Well, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I don't know how it's going to turn out yet. I think we had a good time. I texted. She said she had a good time, too. So we'll see where it goes from here. Okay. You know? Yeah. Good luck. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if luck has anything to do it with doesn't. it. You know, it's already been decided. It's just a question of, you know, we'll see if we're on the same page or not. Yes. You know. But, yeah, so uh, that's interesting. I'm not going to break anything unless something happens, you know, but... Uh, but yeah, I mean, in, in general, we can discuss it. Look, I'm 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 not digging when you say you're going on a date or. Anything. I know, but I said, well, how did you meet the person? That right. wasn't like. Yeah. Okay. Well, through an app, let's say. Great. App, okay, okay. So there we go. <laughs> awesome. And then, so do you want to tell us any details? Like, what did you plan for the date? Anything like no, that? No, it wasn't even planned. It was sort of like um, quick. But it was like a spur of the moment thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, more power to you for doing it. Thank you. Thank you. So I am available. It's hard to find the time. That's true. But that's why we had to uh, go out late. And then they were closing down the place on us and everything. So, yeah, the valley is pretty sleepy, you know. I mean, do you ever go out like late when you're in the city? I mean, are there places that you can eat yeah. that are nice places, not fast food, until 11 or 12? Oh, uh, yeah, there are some. They are, right? But it also depends what night you go out. and like, Right, like Sunday night where it's dead. Yeah, no, a lot of places close early on Sunday. Right, yeah. So. That's the thing. So uh, anyway, all right, well, uh, so much for that, folks. Let's bring in our guest who's sitting here very patiently, eager to talk, I'm sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we have Marlena Hunter in the studio. Welcome to the show, Marlena. Thank you. Thank you, Sam and Jen, for welcoming me as your guest. Of course. Of course. Thank you for coming in. So you're an L.A. local, right? Yes, I am. How long have you lived here? All your life? Yes, I am a true native. <laughs> really? Not many of those around Where? here, you That's know. true. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So what part of town did you grow up in? I grew up in Long Beach, California. Really? Um, all my life I was there. Um, 
since I was five years old, I graduated from Long Beach um, School, and I moved to the West Side in my early 20s and mm-hmm. fell in love. Yeah, huh? So you decided L.A. is the place. Long Beach is nice, but it's a little bit out of the way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What did, I mean, did you move here because of uh, work, you know, career, mm-hmm. or was it just because you wanted to be in L.A.? Well, originally, I came to the West Side to go to Santa Monica College. Okay. And, yeah, so, of course, I moved to this town to be closer. But I really fell in love with the the eclectic culture. There are so many people from different um, countries and speak different languages. So it was was very unique and different from Long Beach. Yeah, that's true. I mean, L.A. is so different, you know, Mm -hmm. from, from many places. Uh, so, do you have any siblings? I do. I have one brother. He's two years older. Um, his name oh, is nice. <laughs> awesome. And he lives here in L.A. too? Uh, no, he lives now in Ontario. Not, oh, I not see. in the Canada part. Oh, the <laughs> in the California part. <laughs> okay. yes. There's an airport there. Be clear. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, that's true. Which is not as fancy as the Ontario in Canada. I <laughs> of think. course, no French speakers really. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So, um, so you went to school here, mm-hmm. and uh, you went to college and stuff. Mm-hmm. What did you take in college? Well, when I I always wanted to go for psychology, but when I began and my undergrad, I was kind of taking all of these classes that were recommended for my AA degree, mm-hmm. which was math and English, just things that weren't really interesting for me. So. Um, just very general courses, and then originally um, went back to my idea to go for psychology and transferred to UC Riverside. Wow, very cool. Mm-hmm. So you went to uh, UC Riverside for your undergrad? Um, yes. Yeah, for, my for the bachelor. last two years, right. Mm-hmm. So that was very different, going to Riverside from the West Side. It was, you know, like a different culture there very hot not much going on no beaches of course so Uh (laughs) oh yes it was a little traumatic in the beginning but i did start to get used to it after two years oh okay so you said you see riverside yes oh i thought you said irvine at first so that's Mm -hmm. why when you say no beach i'm like irvine has a beach (laughs) so but i see so that's cool so you went and you got your psychology degree Mm -hmm. very cool so this is what you wanted to do um, for your careers, to be psychologist, psychologist or psychiatrist? Uh, psychologist. Psychologist. What interested you in being a psychologist? Um, you know, wanting to change people's lives and make a difference for people. And I think I originally got that idea when I had to go to therapy when my father passed away. Mm. It was an experience where I thought, wow, I just fell in love with the office. And just the idea of being helped, it really helped me through what I was going through, the grief process. And so, and just learning to do things and, and be strong and to pursue my career without support. Some people may not have like a family. Um, like right. I, I did not have my father. So I figured there are other people out there who may not think they could make it because they are missing some things in life. So I wanted to be the one to help them get that spark. Right, and sort of like share your experience with what you've been through and to show them you, you can actually get through it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how old were you when your dad passed? Eleven. Eleven. Yes. Wow, that was hard. Yes, it was hard. Yeah. And... Uh, 
Wow, wow. That's hard to imagine, you know, for a young mm-hmm. child and stuff to lose a parent. That's great, though, that you went to therapy. So mm-hmm. did you, was it your mom that put you in therapy? Yes, then? it was my mom's yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, it was it was. It was really relaxing. It wasn't like aggressive therapy. It was just generally talking about my feelings. And I do not remember any particular sessions. It was so long ago. But I just remember, you know, just talking to my um, psychologist and just kind of getting through that process with, you know, the change that was going on in the house, you know. Yeah. I guess everything changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the dynamics and everything change. Wow. Yes. So, uh, so you went to therapy, and that's what sort of like you realized. That's what I want to do. I want to help other people. Stuff. Wow, that's pretty young to decide. That. Yes, I know. I know it was <laughs> young, and that's why I forgot about it. And <laughs> for a long time, and an idea came back in my head, and I said, "Oh yeah, I remember. I wanted to, you know, go to school for psychology." So, I um, went to school after I, I had my you know children I had a family young so I uh-huh. did have a little late start off into my career so it's never too late I do encourage people that I, I work with you know I have patients who are inspired by me and who wants to go to school and uh-huh. but they have some doubt and I tell them it's never too late just you know you can always learn that's true. It's never, you're never too old to learn something new. That's true. That's true. And people don't realize that sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, why haven't I made it yet? And, you know, why this and that? And the thing is, it happens at different times in your life, I think, when you finally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, break out and, and, and make it like at, you're, you're at your best. Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now what does it take to become a therapist? I mean, you obviously have to go to school. Did you have to get a master's degree too? Uh, yes. You okay. need at least a master's to, to work as a therapist. And it has to be a particular type of a master's in psychology. It has to be a clinical um, into right. like working with people. It's more hands-on. So you have to do a training. Um, for example, for my master's training, I, I worked in a psychiatric hospital. And, and that was like my first hands-on training. And there was a schizophrenic institute. and Not institute, but most of the people there were diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar. So I remember being a little terrified. Um, yeah, <laughs> what was going to happen? Yeah. And, um, but they're very nice people. They're the, the nicest, sweetest people you can ever meet. Right. It's just they're afflicted, mm-hmm. you know, and no, no uh, fault of their own. Yeah. Yes. So your master's, you had to get in clinical psychology, mm-hmm. and uh, what was that like? Was that like difficult or? Um, yeah, they do require you to do a one-year um, practicum. It's like a trainee traineeship, and it's almost like full time, and it's non-paid. Non-paid, right? Yes. Wow. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the part that gets a lot of people who wants to go. To yeah, the it's, I know. It's like, what is this? You know, I'm putting in so much time. Oh yes, it's about. Mm, and so, for your license exam, you have to gain three thousand hours. Hours. Like clinical hours. Wow. And so, when do you do that? <laughs> then you, I'm sure you're going to school and working part time, probably Correct. to support yourself or either wow. taking out student loans. But yes, <laughs> yes, it is difficult. A lot of people do find it very challenging, and um, and that's the point where people may drop out of programs because. You do need to work. You need to pay bills. You have to earn a living. And at the same time, you have to volunteer all these right. hours. 
Wow. But they want you to get the experience mm-hmm. and everything to to really be able to be around people. Because I can't mm-hmm. imagine it being easy to be around schizophrenics and stuff, you know. That's you true. have to have some training. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, I admire people that do this because not just anybody mm-hmm. could do that kind mm-hmm. of work, you know. And there's people that are really attracted to helping people, you know, and making them feel better, you know. So... I, I admire that, and thank goodness for people like you, you know. Okay, thank yeah. you. It does take patience. Yeah. You have people who challenge you. Yeah. And, and yes, yeah, so you have to know how to bite your tongue. And also, you, you can address the issue if there is some kind of transference in the session and you notice that, you can mm-hmm. bring it up to the person and say, I noticed that you're, you're feeling, um, or I noticed that you're angry or, or you agitated and address it. Right. And I had that happen just a few days ago. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine now, what's it like? I mean, I always ask psychologists, mm-hmm. what's it like for you to, I mean, because some sessions are like back-to-back, right? You oh, sit yes. there all day and you hear people's problems. <laughs> How, okay. I would imagine that would drain your energy in a way, you know. It mm-hmm. like sucks all the energy out of the room when people are like needy and depressed and mm-hmm. And all that stuff. How do you recharge yourself? I mean, do you feel depleted sometimes? or? Oh, yes. I do have some of those times where I feel like I'm having a crash. And, and sometimes it depends. And usually it happens around the same time. Okay. And I, I do not know why. So it's like late morning and right before afternoon. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what should I do now? I already have my coffee. And, <laughs> and I, I don't want to drink coffee all day. So I have to deal with myself. I only drink one cup of coffee a day. Uh-huh. So um, I have breaks in between. Um, generally, the sessions are 45 minutes. So you have that 15 minutes to write notes or like you know take a bathroom break or grab something to eat so during that 15 minutes i do use that to um i i have like you know protein shake or i have protein bars or i have fruit or something healthy like nuts and trying to stay away from sugar because it does make you you know kind of like all hyped up and then you have a crash (laughs) so um you know, sometimes I do write notes in sessions, so I do have 15 minutes. And right. if it's not taken away by phone calls and, you know, everyone's in my office, right. okay, you know. But you don't get depressed at the end of the day hearing <laughs> all these problems. Well, stuff. it is challenging, but you wouldn't yeah. believe what I do. So um, I do work like 10, 12-hour days. Wow. And, and what I do afterwards, I go to the gym. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> and, that's and a that good idea. And that really helps. It's like sweating and like, you know, jogging, and it's just kind of relieving, like, all of that energy that I'm just trying not to take stuff home right. that's the that's the main thing you have to learn when to separate your work and from your personal life yeah that's what I imagine I mean otherwise you take everybody's problems with you my god you know because yes, yes. some some of that is like serious stuff right yes some oh, yes. Re- really heavy stuff wow we're talking to Marlena Hunter. Uh, you guys can find out more about her on her website, Marlena. I'm sorry, MarlenaHunter.com. And uh, you have a lot of information here and everything. So you practice here in L.A., right? Yes, and um, Manhattan Beach and also in Anaheim. Okay, so you're all over. Yes, all over. <laughs> wow. So you have like separate offices in these places and mm-hmm. stuff? So I do wow, different things. Cool. Yeah, and the other office in Manhattan Beach, I also do treatment for depression. Uh, mm-hmm. I work with a psychiatrist there. Um, so, yeah, I have, um, you know, for people who are in the L.A. area, 
uh, who prefers to not commute, they can see me there and, and, and I'm sorry, and Manhattan Beach. Or if you're in Orange County, you can come to Anaheim. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So there you go, folks. So what do you okay. specialize in? You said one area you do uh, treatment of depression. Mm-hmm. So and you do do you focus on different things in the other two offices? Uh, yeah, it's it's generally, for example, the one in Manhattan Beach. When I say treatment, I'm a technician there, so we do um, treatment for depression, which is using a TMS machine. But in general, I do therapy like cognitive behavioral therapy for people who may be suffering from anxiety or depression or having relationship issues. And the same goes to the one in Anaheim. It's um, a general population who has the most common symptoms, such as maybe um, you know trauma or anxiety or phobias, um, and I tend to get you know the the, the range of people seems to be the same. Um, right. I I do not get too many psychotic disorders. Uh, psychotic disorder can be like. Um, um, like schizophrenia, for example, we we really do not get that kind of population. Those are mm. um, mainly in like hospital settings. Right. Um, and then on the side, on the weekends, I do visit families. I work with victims of crime, so most of them have post traumatic stress disorder. So um, yeah. and also children. I love kids. I love working with them, and they give you so much energy, and and they're very fun to work with. So I do have a few children that I, I work with as well. That's amazing. Do you have any suggestions for people who are looking for a therapist, like how to find the one that's the right one for you? Yes, that is hard. I would say, of course, Google and and type in, like, for example, if you're suffering depression or if you feel like the symptoms you're having, if you're irritable or if you're, you know, having insomnia, you can just type in those keywords, type in the city, and then just read about them, read their profile to see what their specializations are. Um, and then some of them do offer free consultations. So that's a way to get a feel of the therapist and see if there's a connection or not. Let's join. Referrals probably work as well. Oh, yes. well. well, I have friends that have like asked, like, you know, do you have somebody? Do you have somebody? And I'm like, well, I know this person has somebody. But then it's like, well, if that person's this kind of way and you're this and okay. they want to just sort of vent for an hour, but you want advice, mm-hmm. like you might want to go to somebody different because that person has a different way like of doing issue. things. So oh, yeah. it's just tricky. I think it is very personal, like mm-hmm. who you go to. Yeah, That's true. I agree. Yeah. Well, let's change gears here a little bit, and uh, today's a special day for you. Oh, yes. You wrote a book, a brand new book, and today it's going to be published, uh, released. Uh, It's called 100 Ways to Overcome Shyness, Go from Self-Conscious to Self-Confident. Wow. That's a tall order. Yes. (laughs) I mean, shyness is, is, uh, I think, probably one of the most difficult things to change mm-hmm. right yes i mean shyness must be ingrained from really an early age i agree right that's true and it can um, develop if you for example the first chapter i love it's called accepting rejection and that's that's like you said it can come from something that happened in your childhood you could have a really bad experience and after that, you just become a clam in a shell, and you just do not want to be in a situation anymore, so you do whatever you can to avoid the situation. That's true. So now, um, 
So, does so shyness is like associated with low self esteem? Would you say? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so people are thinking, oh, they're not going to like me, or they're mm-hmm. going to reject me, and all that stuff. So they'd mm-hmm. rather not make a move. Correct, and um, and confidence and self esteem can can be viewed by others just by the way you you know stand if you have a posture with slumped shoulders people can detect that and that can draw bad energy to you so in the book we do discuss that um, we do give exercises things you can do to help practice and be confident such as looking in the mirror and you know practice making eye contact because those are very uh, you know, strong ways to connect with people. Um, and and one other important thing with the first chapter, I talk about how, um, you know, being hurt is, is, is very painful to people sometimes. And the same chemicals that are released in your brain, the opiates are the same chemicals that are released when we are having physical pain. It's the same chemicals being released when we are rejected by someone. Mm, interesting. Wow. Yes. So... Um, so, well, so it's good because the first chapter already, you're talking about rejection and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, which is probably the main reason why people are shy. They're mm-hmm. afraid yes. of rejection. Yes. Um, now, how does, uh, how does this come about? I mean, do you think somebody's born shy or is it like experiences that they go through? Mm, I think it's a mixture of both. Yeah. I think definitely the environment can contribute to that. If you come from a family that are, you know, having parties all the time and having like people, and of course you're not going to be as shy as someone who, who grew up with their grandparents. Right. So you think a lot of this they take on from their parents? Yes. I think so too. I will say know? this. When I was little, I I would like go with my parents everywhere because I'm an only child. And people would say to my mom, like, oh, she's so shy. And she's like, she's not shy. Don't label her shy. She's observing. She will talk when she wants to. Give her a second. And so she, like, made sure that nobody ever labeled me as shy because she's like, once you call someone shy, they then decide they're shy and then they're going to be shy. Wow, that's that's so true, true, you know? So I'm not shy. Okay. Okay. Um, But what's the difference between, like, an introvert and extrovert? Like, does that have to do with shyness, too? Are all introverts shy? Why are they just ah. more reserved? Ah, that's, a, that's a really good question, and it's true. Introverts are more reserved, and the reason is because they are, they naturally are very anxious people, and so any extra stimuli can just be a little bit overwhelming for them. So they do prefer to spend more time alone. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're shy. They're actually already have a lot of energy. So they they do a lot of things at home and they, they concentrate better when they're by themselves. And and the opposite of an extrovert, they need that extra stimuli because like inside they don't really have that much um, you know, anxiety going on. Yeah. So when a person is shy, they're sort of like still stuck in these walls, right? I mean, yes. they can't really connect with anyone because they're so afraid yes. of and, rejection. And, yeah, and that's that's the sad part. And so we do um, talk about a lot of things that people may revert to who are shy. For example, going to parties or going to events, they may feel like they need to have a drink or two or three, you know, in order to yeah. become comfortable. And um we do say be aware of that. Be very careful that you, you know, the book does encourage you to challenge yourself and try to learn to enjoy events without using, you know, any substances such as alcohol. 
Right. Or, you know, I also talk about um, marijuana. A lot of people do that to to relax or feel more comfortable, and it's very common. There are studies out there that approximately 40% of the people who have um, social anxiety disorder also use marijuana. Right. Um, the thing about that is it's very dangerous. You can't, you know, smoke marijuana and then drive to work. You have to right. learn how to eventually face your fear. That's true, yeah. What inspired you to write a book about shyness? Well, um, the other author, um, Dr. Barn Goldsmith, that was also, it was more like a collaborative idea, and I think shyness was a, a great, great topic to discuss. And as far as being a therapist, he has a dog that he takes everywhere. It's a therapy dog. Mm-hmm. And, and he wrote a chapter about how dogs can help people with shyness. And I agree. When you have a dog, you're forced to go outside. You have to take them for walks. You have to go to the vet. You have to interact with people. So I do encourage people to adopt a pet. If you have the time and the resources, why not? That does bring some kind of light to your life. Right. And I think sometimes people misunderstand shyness for maybe rudeness, you know I mean? Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, like I'll... Uh, I'll run into one of my neighbors or something, and they don't really say anything, you know. Mm. And they can tell they're shy. It's not like they're being rude or anything. That's so true. I sort of like open it up with a, with mm. a conversation or something, you okay. know, because otherwise it feels really uncomfortable being in an elevator and not mm. saying a word, mm. you know. And do they respond back? Or of how? course, okay. yeah. People always, <laughs> well, I think. Of course they do, but do they elaborate and get into the sometimes conversation? Sometimes you can tell, you can see the low self-esteem there, mm. you know. You can see the, the, uh, the hesitation, I think. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a very relevant topic. That's why I invited you on the show and stuff. Now, um, do you find that men and women have different issues uh, Mm. when they deal with shyness? I think so. I think uh, women, we have a a lot more pressure out there (laughs) as far as, uh, you know, we have to spend a little extra time in the restroom, you know, hair and makeup. We put a lot of extra effort. Um, and, And just learning to... I mean, I just think that they, it may be a little bit more pressure there. But men and women are just as shy as far as studies, and it depends on the country, too. Yeah, I guess, yeah, your culture mm-hmm. and everything. Yes. So is there a culture where men are more shy than others? Mm, I don't know. You, cause you can't really, yeah, because you can't really make a generalization. You know? You're just talking, yeah, just the, the typical culture and how it affects people and stuff but i guess yes. i would imagine if everybody's in the same way then they're not really shy mm-hmm. it's just their culture yes it, it does depend on the culture and it depends on uh, you know what is accepted from their norms right for example here in america men and women um you know are tending to be more open and and we're not judge about what what we're doing for example we can you know be independent and we right. can we feel more equal right mm-hmm. yes whereas in other countries you have like in islamic countries maybe mm-hmm. where the women are uh they're like they're required to be shy you know mm-hmm. they're not supposed to like come out and stand out and yes. and be aggressive or assertive or anything yeah and then so i i like how you say stand out i talk about and the book how people who are shy they tend to wear dark colors they tend to want to try to camouflage themselves and wear like neutrals like blue or like brown or grays and i i do suggest to wear bright colors like 
stand out. That you... makes sense. Yeah, nice. Jen is looking at yeah, a bright color. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing coral. It's colors. true. She always wears bright. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, my mom always, again, my mom, she always said, like, you want to stand out in a room. Like, you want to be noticed, so wear a bright color. That's true. Oh, Especially that with, like, sense. dating and the whole thing. So. Yeah, so this makes sense with the dark clothes. Yes, and, and it gives you more energy, too, I'm sure, right? You feel, yeah. like, alive and vibrant, and you also, you know, attract other people to, like, hey, you look nice today. So it, it does kind of open up the opportunity to engage with other people. That's true. So it's- then other than getting a dog wearing bright clothes, what other tips do you have for people <laughs> to overcome shyness? Well, there are a hundred tips here. So, so we got... <laughs> We got two of a hundred. We got, we gonna have to go longer than an hour then. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yes, uh, I have tips like, for example, try something new. Um, try taking a class if there's something you ever wanted to learn when you were young, and and this is so funny because for me, I always wanted to learn the piano. Um, and it's just terrifying for me to, it's, it's so much multitasking. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two different hands. Yeah. Reading, you're reading. It's the whole thing. Yes, Too much to going tap, on. <laughs> yes, and then tap your feet. It's like, oh my God, this is like crazy. <laughs> Who thought of this? <laughs> but, um, I encourage people take up something new, take a, you know, a dance class, um, Take a, I took a tango class. I tried the piano. Just continuously try something new. Think of that thing you always wanted to learn. If it was, you know, learning to draw, take a drawing class. Um, you could go to a community college, and the courses aren't that expensive. And and just like do something that makes you feel good. Yeah, and you know, I, I imagine people have problems with shyness at work too. When mm-hmm. if you want to ask for a raise, but you don't have the mm-hmm. confidence to do that. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone? Uh, how would you re? I mean, what would you do if you're like shy and you want to ask for a raise? I mm-hmm. mean, what would you do? Oh yeah, so instead of being direct, <laughs> I, I do um, talk about dealing with difficult people. So um, there are ways that you can advocate for yourself. For example. Um, maybe inviting a person for a coffee or a lunch, if your boss, so you can be in a neutral situation, not like standing on a lunch break that you only have five minutes and you don't want it to be rushed. And you can maybe do a proposal, be professional about it, just list the things that you have provided for the company, just point out your great attributes, your contribution, and then have some kind of plan as far as how can you um, make that company better and and just list some projects or goals that you can offer. So that's a good way. And then uh, just have a compare and contrast so that can convince them that, hey, maybe, yeah, she does deserve a raise. Right. No, that's true. I mean, but you got to show the confidence that you feel you deserve it. That's true. You deserve the raise in the first place. Ah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, go in like you own it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my, my friend was saying um, when it comes to situations like that where you may feel nervous. You have to you have to believe in yourself because if you do not, no one else is going to believe yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you're going to be stuck where you are pretty much. Yes. Now, I would, I would imagine the ultimate problem with shyness is men approaching women, right? Mm-hmm. That must be like a biggie for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, do you cover that in your sessions and stuff? I mean, do you get like men that are like, look, I came here because I'm too shy to uh, to uh, hit on women and stuff, and I want to be able to do that? Oh, I do. i uh, not that direct, but I do. <laughs> I do. You mean you don't advertise yourself? As, hey, I'm the dating thing. coach. Yeah, I'll make you a pickup artist. You know? But I do have someone that I'm working with currently that has a similar issue that... 
prefers to be alone. He's afraid of being distracted from his work, that if he falls in love, that he's not going to, you know, move forward in his career. So he, he wants to avoid situations where somebody may want to date him. And and he is pretty shy. And so I do encourage him to look at the things you, you, you have achieved in your life and, and use those things to give you your confidence. Right. So it, it all starts, obviously, with self-confidence, mm-hmm. high self-esteem. you got to accept yourself first. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe when a person is shy, they haven't accepted themselves for yes. what they are, for their positive sides, like you said. Yes, or yeah. some bad experience. Like um, the person that I was just referring to had a really bad um, you know, divorce and just basically lost everything and had a lot of... Like he, a company he owned had a lot of lawsuits. So now his idea is that if I do not have anything, no one can take it from me. So now he's uh, just uh. secluded himself. He doesn't want to, like, you know, have anything big. Like he doesn't want to have a business or a home or, or anything yeah, like that. He sort of got just, burned and, yes. <laughs> and now he's too shy to try anything. Yes, new. yes. Wow. And that's given up way too early in your mm, life. That's true. It's yeah. definitely never too late to start over. Yeah. So um, some other tips, yes, like traveling. Um, Traveling is a biggie for me because I love to travel. And I do encourage people to travel. Um, Doing things that you wouldn't do in your hometown, you you would do when you're traveling. For example, eating alone. That must be the most terrifying thing (laughs) to do. And um, I had a friend who was Italian who would say, oh, people in my country do not eat alone because you will look strange or people would think something's wrong with you. Because, you know, they're really big with families and they're, you know, like in grooves and just always having people around. And I thought, oh, wow, maybe he's right. And <laughs> and um, so, yes, I challenge people to do that. Eat alone sometimes. Do something by yourself. Go see a movie. Go for a walk. And you wouldn't believe the more you spend time alone, not to be a recluse, but you start to, to understand yourself. You start to get in touch with your own feelings. And you start to gain a little more confidence in yeah, that way. That's true. I guess it would get you uh, thinking pretty much about... Uh, when you go and eat alone, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like fast food or anything. You go to a restaurant where mm-hmm. they serve you. I could never go alone to a restaurant like no? that. You know, you no, uh-huh. no. <laughs> now I challenge uh, yeah. you to go and exactly. eat alone. <laughs> but, uh, but I would imagine when you travel, you want to be able to reach out to people and everything. You know, you don't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know when I travel, sometimes if I travel alone, uh, I just like, yeah, just go to places where there's people and start talking. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? You That's know? true. They'll laugh at you. They're, they won't want to be with you. So no big deal, you know. <laughs> and people have to understand that, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, very cool. Marlena Hunter, the book is 100 Ways to Overcome Shyness. And uh, it's coming out today. Uh, you can go to the website, marlinahunter.com, and the book is probably available, what, online? Um, yes, you can order it online if you have a Kindle, and it will be released today at Barnes & Noble's, like a major bookstore wow, around nice. your corner. How yes. cool. Yes, and I invite... You must be excited, huh? <laughs> oh, yes, I'm exciting. I mean, I'm excited. excited. See, I can't talk now. <laughs> That's okay. How long did it take you to write the book? Oh, wow. So, the originally, the contract was like a year before it was due to mm-hmm. submit. So, yes, that was pretty challenging, but there was a lot of, you know, 
like next we were working out so and I had some uh, like relocation and things that are going on with my program with my school so I didn't start writing till like six months or so before it was due so yes I did it like approximately six months and um I had to focus. I had to like spend like hours and hours at a time just writing and just kind of like reading up on research. And um, I found a really great library that I can hang out that was 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And yes, that was like the best thing. So I would stay there sometimes for the whole night until the sun rose. And of course, sometimes I would doze off and fall asleep. (laughs) And I thought after so many times going there, the security guard, uh, he's going to think I'm homeless or something. <laughs> so, like, I know, especially these days, who goes to the library anymore, you know? Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Well, everybody go out, get the book. Congratulations to you again, Marlena. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to uh, bring up before we go? Uh, of course, yes. I have a book signing coming up. It's going to be at the Barnes & Noble in Santa Monica at the Third Street Promenade on September 7th. Wow, congratulations. Yes. And I'll oh. be there from 12 to 4 p.m. That's very cool. Awesome. Yeah, not many people get to do that, you know? Yes, yes. It's a very busy area, very busy store I there. know. And it's it, Labor Day. I know. It will be a lot of foot traffic there, they said, um, because I was a little reluctant to do it on Labor Day, and I thought, no one's going to come see me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be barbecuing at the beach. But they said, don't worry, you'll be fine. So yeah, I, I no, people, people like to go, to go out, and that's where people walk. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Marlena, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, definitely it was a, a lot of fun. Yes, and, and I have to uh, sign yeah. autographs for you. Yes, yes definitely sign the autographs for us. <laughs> and everybody, go out and check out the book. Uh, very relevant. I mean, shyness. You know, uh, I think many people have that problem, and uh, it's a great thing you you approached it. You know, yes, so. thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, everybody, thank you all for listening. Jen, thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you all tomorrow. You're listening to Sam in the Morning with Jen right here on LA Talk Radio.